What is up, Pistons fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Rings Podcast or the All All Pistons Podcast, whichever one you want to call it. This episode is going to be a solo episode, and we have a lot to catch up on from basically everything about the Pistons. But before I get into that, I just want to kind of address like what exactly happened and why we didn't really post much and why essentially all Pistons and things kind of ended. So if you guys didn't know, uh, me, Neil, and Aiden, we were asked to start writing for the um, All Pistons blog of Fan Nation on Sports Illustrated. And it was a really cool opportunity. Um, and we were very excited to start writing and really grow this thing as much as we could. But from my perspective, um, I personally felt the moment that we tried to grow the podcast, I kind of lost interest in it. It's kind of one of those things where if you do, if you make your hobby like your job or something, you make it kind of like a work thing, it becomes less interesting. And the more and more we tried to grow it, the less, the more force it felt for me. And I started enjoying it less. I started, I didn't look as forward to Pistons game as Pistons games as I, as much as I used to. Um, I was, I was no longer really excited to watch games because I knew I had to record something. I knew I had to write something about it. And it was no longer this fun space, which I initially created the podcast to be, which was um, essentially a space where we could just come here and casually talk about my favorite basketball team and your guys' basketball team as well, the Detroit Pistons. So, yeah, it kind of became this thing that was unenjoyable. And we made it work. Um, we were able to make it work. And I think, though, once Cade went down with the injury, um, which was in November, there was kind of also like a lack of interest in continuing the podcast at the time. It was just the team was pretty boring to watch. I mean, they were just getting obliterated every game. Yeah, there were some young guys and there were some things to watch, but it was just not an enjoyable product. And in January of this year, um, we we all three of us, Neil, Aiden, and I, we kind of decided it was best for us to not post episodes anymore and kind of discontinue at least the band as far as the podcast goes. So as far as um and they have their own reasons this was obviously from from my end and as far as where i see the podcast um neil and aiden if you guys are listening to this you're more than welcome to join and quite frankly anyone that's listening to this if you want to come on and talk pistons with me you're more than welcome to join i kind of want to take this podcast in a definitely much more casual direction um i think i'll post you know i'll try to post regularly and when I feel it's necessary, but I don't want to uh, force the schedule. And I'm definitely not going to be, I'm definitely not going to have much of an active presence on social media and things like that. But for those of us, for those of you who do listen to this podcast, I really do appreciate. And I'm speaking on behalf of Neil and Aiden and the whole, everyone that went into even our friend, Melanie, everyone who went into this uh, Aditya, I'm just naming names now, but everyone who went into this whole kind of, process of making episodes and creating content on behalf of all of them i just want to say thank you guys for your continued support thank you guys for engaging with us on instagram and twitter and enjoying joining our live streams and following our podcasts and seeing what we've done um yeah i just want to say thank you um and if you're no longer that much interested in listening and that's completely fine too but i still want to keep it up i still want to keep this a casual space for um for us to talk about the Pistons, man, like that's what it is. And one more thing which I want to be even better at moving forward is I want to be more, I guess, a little bit more upfront with like my opinions and things like that. I felt like once 
the moment the Sports Illustrated thing, our fan nation rather, the moment that became a big thing, it felt like you were kind of restricted in terms of your opinions because you didn't want to upset people. Um, that's the name of the game, and that's why certain um, beat writers for the Pistons, I'm not going to name any names, but that's why perhaps uh, you don't, they don't go out there and just criticize everyone and criticize every move because at the end of the day, you're forming relationships. You're forming relationships with players and coaches and things like that. And why would someone, if you're, I'm just, this is hypothetical, but if, let's say you're having sources and they're telling you information about like what the team is about to do. Why would they tell you things if they know you're just going to go out there and bash it, you know? So it is the name of the game. You got to be respectful. And I still want to be that, but I do want to be a little bit more upfront. I want to encourage anyone who does come on the podcast with me to be a little bit more, you know, open to just like criticism, at least for our podcast, and also like of the team and things like that. Like I'm, no longer want to pretend someone is something they're not. We'll get into what I mean by that. But I really just want to make this a environment where we come talk about the Pistons and we kind of keep it unfiltered, unfiltered at times because now there's there's literally nothing holding us back at this point. So let's just dive, I guess, right in. Um, so there's like so much to, to like catch up on. You know, we didn't even talk about Sadiq Bay and the James Wiseman trade. Um so I think the best way I think I want to start this is I kind of just want to talk about my overall impressions on the season. And I'll try to make this pretty short, but the season was kind of, it was kind of a waste. Obviously, once Cade went down, it was disappointing. Uh, the team was just became harder and harder to watch. There were obviously some, some decent moments. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is a killer. He was so great for the Pistons. And like, I'm obviously people say empty stats, but Man, without him, I don't know if the Pistons are scoring like 100 points every game. I think they're scoring 80. They're just so bad at shooting. And that's comes back to roster construction and this belief that players will eventually turn it around as shooters without getting established shooters. And that's still that I though though I do think they addressed that in free agency. Um that was a problem this year. Um so on that side, it was a little bit disappointing. The Pistons obviously finished 17 and 65 the worst team in the league and it was a tough product but i do want to talk about a couple positive things um the player i was really the most impressed with this season was Jaden ivy um it's not really often you see a a rookie come into the league and obviously obviously when i first watched Jaden ivy i'm not gonna lie i was just not impressed i just i this is kind of like a reaction here but like i just feel like the athletic guard that can barely shoot. I just, I just don't see a workout that much. You, you do see occasional flashes, but I just, I don't know. It just, he just looked kind of just all over the place. But I respect what I respect the most of Jay and Ivy was as the year got on, you could genuinely see some of his weaknesses he started working on. So the mid range game was for me the biggest thing. So if you guys followed our coverage of the uh, 2022 NBA draft, Jaden Ivey's biggest weakness was, or one of his biggest weaknesses was he had absolutely zero mid-range game. It was something he would avoid. He would only shoot or he would he would drive to the basket. He would only shoot from three or drive to the basket, but the mid-range game was gone. And that was something he genuinely worked on. He, he started working on it, and you could see it in the games. Like, the shots were going up, and it was no longer this thing which he was scared about taking. He was... He was out there. He was he was shooting from the mid range and he was hitting it. And I I really impressed. I was really impressed by that. I was also impressed by 
him growing as a playmaker. Um, so once Cade goes down, Jay and Ivy, I mean, they try to do Killian Hayes, which we'll get into Killian later, but Jaden eventually becomes the point guard. Excuse me. Jaden eventually becomes the point guard and the Pistons, I think they were for the better. I mean, I felt like Jaden really improved a lot of a lot of elements of his game. I mean, obviously turnovers and there were mistakes. There was that one timeout, which he called and cost the Pistons the game, but he was good. Like, yeah, I felt like there was a lot of growth there and I don't know how the Cade and Jaden Ivy thing is going to work out. To be honest, I still, if, as you, if you guys listen to this podcast, you probably know we're still huge believers on Cade. I still think Cade is still the number one and, I don't know actually how well they can play off each other because Jaden Ivey's three-point shot, I mean, it did improve throughout the course of the season, but it's still shaky. I mean, there's just there's just a lot of relying on internal development, and that is what the Pistons are banking on, but I don't know actually how well the two of them play together. I still think it's Cade's, Cade's team, but I was still nevertheless impressed by how Jaden Ivey really... I was impressed by how Jay and Ivy, I guess, handled the pressure. I was I was really impressed by his development as a rookie. Uh, the same could be said for Jalen Duran, though. I personally think I think the Jalen Duran hype. I think people there there are some things Duran does really well. I think he has a lot of potential. Potential as a great defender. Um, rebounding is rebounding is really good. You know, the like the, the tools are there. He has a lot of tools, and there's things that are uh, slowly coming. You know, I think one time Jalen Dern was attempting mid-range shots, and that's slightly part of his game. There's a very slight elements of playmaking. Um, he's able to block. He's really good defensively. Like I think the effort is there, and the scoring. I mean, there's it's still like a work in progress. He's still kind of getting his uh, he's still kind of getting working on his bag. I guess you could say. Um, one game that that really shout out to me was the game against the Spurs. I believe I didn't watch this game, but. I saw the highlights and I was like, damn, like Jalen Duran had like 32 points, 18 rebounds. I mean, that is just a little bit what he could be. Get some water. <laughs> but that's basically, you know, something that he could be. Um, And there's a lot, there's a lot there from Jalen Duran. Though I think some fans are like really like hyping up this Cade Ivy Duran core. And I don't know, like I just, it's it's hard. It's hard for me to see like, Duran is part of this like all-star like I don't I don't know it's like I just I don't know if I see him as an all-star I do see him as like he's definitely a plus player he's definitely going to be an impact big I don't know about the all-star and the ups like that I just think the fact that he's young he's so young and he's has the physical tools and you know unlike other Pistons players who are perhaps young and have the physical tools his motor seems to be there um shout out to Andre Drummond by the way you know I, I was referring to Andre but I actually saw something where he was telling he was telling people, you know, he was like, he was like, yo, man, don't do this shit like me. I was pouting on the bench doing all that. And it's glad to, I'm glad to see Andre take responsibility for it. But despite what people will say, um, I obviously Jalen Duran and Andre, they have their differences as far as players go. But I don't know, just seeing Andre Drummond and then seeing Jalen Duran, they're different. They're obviously like kind of different players, but. It'll be really interesting to see how Duran's, I guess, career pans out. And I think the key benefit that Duran will have over Drummond is that Drummond was expected to be the number one guy, or he was paid like he was the number one guy. Here in Detroit, Duran can kind of take like a third or fourth option. You know, like he, the pressure is much lower on him, which 
hopefully helps the development. But those two players, I think the Pistons definitely did well. They did well in the 2022 draft, and I was impressed by the season. So now we can move into like the lottery offseason. And I just I have like a couple things I just want to talk about some certain players and we'll just get up out of here and yeah, we'll hopefully be back, but hope back with new episodes. So let's first look at the off season really quickly. The Pistons, as you guys all know, they dropped to five. It was very disappointing. This draft in, in like in itself was quite frankly, kind of disappointing. I I'm of the belief that I don't really think this draft is really all that. I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of busts, like a lot or quote unquote busts. I I hope to be uh stand corrected, but there was just way too much leaps in terms of players that or leaps that players had to make in terms of making them like uh making the justification that they're gonna be like good NBA players. There's just there's too many things that deficiencies that some of these players have. You obviously had Victor, uh one Banyama. That was that was the dream, and he was he's probably the best prospect since LeBron James. Um granted we didn't do our draft coverage, so as a result, I didn't really go as in depth with the drafts. Of honestly, once we dropped to five, I was kind of out of it. Um, I knew their options. You know, there was Jarris Walker, Taylor Hendricks, um, Asar Thompson, Cam Whitmore. The Whitmore drop was kind of surprising, but very interesting. He falls twenty to Houston. I guess the interviews didn't go well, but the Pistons they got Asar Thompson, and or I don't know how you say it. I'm just gonna say Asar, and I was. I had I didn't really I was kind of glad they selected him. I thought out of all the players, I I felt like he was probably the best. He was probably I think in my opinion, but like this is no disrespect towards Jarris Walker. I'm sure he's a great player, but I'm not just looking at Jarris Walker. This is a little bit casual. This is a kind of a casual take, but I literally looked at Jarris Walker and I was like, man, this is just Isaiah Stewart. Like, and it's not even the fact that they they play differently, but I just look at him. He legit literally looks like Isaiah Stewart. He legit. <laughs> He does looks like Isaiah Stewart, and it's just like it's just it's just like he's a great player. He's probably a good player you want on a winning team, but I think the Pistons they needed a wing, and I I like the Asar pick, and I think given the given what they had as far as options, you could have you could have taken someone like a Taylor Hendricks, but I just felt like at five would just been too high. Even if Taylor Hendricks ends up being a very good player, I just I like the Asar pick. Um. And yeah, I started yeah, I started dominating summer league. There were some really cool things. Like man, he has such a great. I was really impressed by his playmaking. I was really like his vision is very underrated. I didn't really expect him. I didn't expect him to kind of be that good at passing. But there were some passes he made. I was like, damn, like that was. There were some nice passes, and obviously he has some deficiencies. He had a lot of turnovers. The shot. I still didn't see enough of it. There were some flashes. He had, I think there was one play at Grady Dick on him, and he it's like the end of the quarter, end of the half, and he goes, drives uh, behind the backs, I think gets some space from the defender, knocks on the shot. That The shot looked good. Um, the three-pointer he hit was just at the end of the third quarter. That was that was good. It's still kind of a work in progress. I think that's like kind of going to be what makes or breaks him as an NBA player. Um, I will say, man, though, the Pistons fans, they gotta calm down with like the Asar love, man. Like, like I hate, I hate when we do this because you know they did the same things to players like Stanley Johnson, where a player, and people not are not gonna defend. People are gonna now roast Stanley and stuff like that. I'm not here to roast Stanley, but Asar Thompson did very well in the summer league. He passed the eye test. Stanley Johnson, 
also passed the eye test. People are going to be like, no, he didn't. He was just the stats. That's just not true. I can I can tell you for a fact that I was I was there. I was reading the I don't know the the debate was Stanley Johnson versus Justice Winslow. Just remember that. And well, there was so much hype around Stanley, and Stanley comes in in the preseason. I think his first game he had like I know it was the first game of this preseason was against the Indiana Pacers. He was starting. He had like twenty six points, and Stanley had a really good rookie year and things like that. And people were highly encouraged by him. And I just bring this point to say and had high expectations for him and i just bring this point to say like let the kid breathe a little bit don't expect all these things you know it's kind of funny kate cunningham comes in a struggle summer league and starts struggling and everyone's like relax it's summer league asar thompson comes in summer league starts just really good and everyone just is like oh my god he's so great like let's pump the brakes a little bit there's still there's still things to be fought like i mean i'm optimistic and i'm i'm optimistic about every player until proven otherwise so like I'm rooting for SR Thompson, but I feel like going in with expectations is going to be this killer is just like, it's just bad. But I will say like, it is a good thing as like a Pistons fan to see SR Thompson go out there and dominate. Like it was good. It was good to see, but I'm going to relax the expectations until I see it. That's just me as a fan. I'm not going to tell you how to fan. This is as if you, if you, if you find it and you want to make the jumps and everything that floats your boat, go for it. That was just my perspective. I just kind of disagree with Um, Marcus Sasser also, also a great pickup. I he balled out at forty points in the summer league. Um, the shot wasn't falling in, initially, but looks like it was falling. I like. I really like his creation game. I like how he can create his own shot, and he seems like he's going to be a solid player for us to have. You know, moving forward, you know, off the bench, and him coming off the bench. You have now Monte Morris. I don't know. We can now talk about Monte Morris and Joe Harris, the other Pistons additions. I'll say this: I in if if like I told if you told me we got Monte Harris and Joe Harris and like there was no other free agents on the table, I'd be like, okay, this is pretty good. Like I think as far as like deep teams goes, as far as like talent, I think this is probably the most talented Pistons roster they fronted in the Troy Weaver area, or at least deepest, because now they have some real vets. They have Morris, Harris, granted hopefully Harris plays, Bogdanovich, and they have Alec Burks, like they now have like some real vets and a good veteran presence, which makes me excited as a fan because the best the best way to do these rebuilds is to just have a mix of guys, of vets and young guys, and let them play out as opposed to just having everyone young. So I was a fan of those moves now. Granted, the media and all of them want to, were pushing Cam Johnson, Jeremy Grant. And this is what I kind of get upset with the media is they, they push all the pisses to get Jeremy Grant. Cam Johnson, Harrison Barnes, but when the Pistons do something different, then the media is just like, then, then a lot of the media shifts to like, oh, well, I don't know what you guys were expecting. You know, they want to kick the tire. And it's just like, I think the reason a lot of fans were disappointed was because they were led to believe the expectations. Like they were expecting a Cam Johnson, a Jeremy Grant to come to the Pistons. And that obviously didn't happen. Obviously, that's why fans are upset. But if you perhaps didn't just keep showing these names if if writers and like national writers and people on podcasts weren't pushing names like jeremy grant cam johnson down people's throats all the time then maybe people would have been happy because honestly like i look at it and i'm just like i could i could see like i i like the moves they made and i didn't think it was worth paying those players that much money now this whole argument of 
they're going to maintain cap flexibility for next year and next year's free. That's bullshit. I disagree with that. I think anyone saying that is just trying to justify, is trying to justify the moves. They don't like it and they're just trying to justify by they have cap space because what have the Pistons done with their cap space in Troy Weaver's area? Nothing. They have done literally nothing. They've always just kicked the cane down the road and there's no reason to. I think the Pistons best build themselves through trades as opposed to free agency anyway. Like, I mean, you see it. Like, what free agent really genuinely wants to come to Detroit unless if Detroit is going to overpay for certain guys and people will go where the money goes, but and that's, I guess, why the Pistons have money, but, like, then you think about it. Like, do you really want to be the team that gives Fran Van, Fred Van Vliet, like, $35 million a year? Like, I don't know. I don't think I want to. And it kind of makes it kind of makes sense. So I don't think you know they should do this whole oh we're kicking the can down the next year. It's just you know I wish just there was just more honesty. I wish there was just acknowledging like like look our team develop is is built on the basis of Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivy, Jalen Darren. Like it's built on the basis of young guys. While they're developing, we're just gonna get vets that are gonna help progress the development. That's it. That's it. I, and that's what I think they did, and I think it was good. I like the Joe Harris edition. I think overall, hopefully, the Pistons are better. Um, but I didn't think like a Jeremy Grant coming in for thirty. You know, it just felt like those types of moves were just moves just for the sake of making a move. And you know, some fans will will say, you know, you should go for it. But if you really think about, it, it's like, do you really want to be paying Jeremy? Like Jeremy Grant's contract in Portland's ridiculous. Like five year, hundred sixty. Like, do you really want to be the team that like? Once his contract is like, once you're in the middle of Jeremy Grant's contract, you're like, fuck, like, why did we give him such a big contract? And this is not even to be like disrespectful towards those players, but it's just like from a team building perspective, it's just, it's best not to do. This is obviously my philosophy. So if you disagree, I'd be happy to hear, honestly, come up, come up on this podcast and talk to me about it because I'd love to talk about it. But my philosophy is like, you don't give out contracts for the sake of giving contracts. There's not, you don't need to get these players because. I just none of them I to me are just like winning. None of them are players who I think warrant that type of money. Like we they just Detroit needs if Detroit's gonna make a splash, let it be for like an actual star. You know, let it be for someone who's actually gonna change the fortunes of the franchise. Like bringing Jeremy Grant is cool. It's cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like that's not gonna change much, you know, as much as people think it is. Yes, he'll help every every now and then, but I don't know. I, I like the two vets. Focus on your young guys. Let's stop stop pouting this. We're wait till next year's free agent guy. We want to maintain flexibility and flexibility is good. But again, when you say waiting for next year's class, next year's class is bad. Just like this year's class is like you shouldn't go with expectation now. As a fan now, I don't expect them to do anything in free agency. I think everything I hear is just just noise. It's just like it's just, I I see it how I see it now. So I'm excited to see what they do next year. What the Pistons do in terms of trades and things like that and who they're actually going to move but yeah those are kind of my two cents on the free agency i thought they were good moves and i think the pistons overall will be a better team but and they didn't put too much risk there's like not much risk in joe harris is expiring and monte morris i believe he's expiring and bogdanovich is like at the end of the day these vets are going to expire you bring some new ones in maybe you can finesse a trade maybe you can get a disgruntled star i think that's what the pistons should be focusing on trying to wait for the next disgruntled star and you're building up these things as assets so you can trade for them. That's the only way you're going to get an actual star to come to Detroit and join Kate Cunningham. And 
let's be real. If we want to win, if they want to win a championship and that's what they want to do, they're probably going to need more than just Cade and Jaden, Jay and Ivy. And we don't know what Jay and Ivy is going to be. So I'm not going to go out there and project him to be this certain type of player. But I know what I feel like I know what Cade is going to be, but I still feel like you need, you still need like another guy. Maybe it is Jaden, but for right now, I think build up your assets and then when the trade is available, make that trade. So now I kind of, this is like the final portion of the podcast. I just want to talk about certain players on the Pistons. Um, and I guess a little bit, a little bit about the Troy Weaver and the moves he's made. And yeah, just, just like, yeah, just, these are just a couple of things I kind of wanted to get off my chest and never did. So I think, first of all, I think as fans, let's stop pretending Killian Hayes is, is anything <laughs> as, at least for the Pistons. I just, I hate I hate how like people will be like Troy Weaver is such a good drafter and he's so good at it, but he missed on Killian Hayes. Then no one like will no one will come and acknowledge it'll be like, yes, Troy Weaver missed on Killian Hayes. It was a miss, you know. Tyrese is probably and then people will throw the argument, oh, if you don't have Tyrese Halliburton, then you if you get Tyrese Halliburton, you don't get Cade. But like that's not the argument. That isn't the argument that I'm making. I'm saying at the pick seven, Killian Hayes was a miss. And you know, sometimes I, I'm not going to really fault Troy Weaver like that much in a sense where just sometimes you have to kind of, you have to swing, right? You have, you have to swing and you have to sometimes swing the fences for these types of boom or bust prospects. And this one was unfortunate. But I think now just trying to be under this whole, you know, let's let's see what he is, you know, trying to justify. Because the thing that really upset me about killing, the killing Hayes rhetoric was that we were, I'm at, like, or at least for me, I was like, I was disappointed that, I had to keep proving to myself that Killian Hayes was let alone an NBA player, not let alone a seventh pick. He had to prove to me that he was just, he belonged in the NBA. And I, I, I'm not sure. Like, I think there is a role for him, but the shot still hasn't come around. Um, he can't really, yeah, he can't shoot. And if he can't shoot, then I, despite the defense, despite the playmaking, despite how people love his mid range game and how it's so nice and everything, it's just it's just not there for me. And given the Pistons' moves, I wish all the best to Killian. But given the Pistons' moves, I think they would just do him. They should just do him a favor and just let him go. Let him go. I don't. I think trading him. I don't know. I think from the Pistons' perspective, because if you trade him, you're not going to get much. You're maybe going to get like a second round pick at the most. Like let's be realistic here. I think at most you're getting a second round pick. So in that case, you might as well just keep him for this year and just let him go. Like it's, and they again hope the the small chance that he does develop, and he, or he, something becomes an NBA player. But I just don't think I don't think there's enough room for him on the team to really grow into his own player. Whether that's in the NBA, whether that's in another league, I just don't think there's enough room. And I honestly think like maybe if he's in a San Antonio or somewhere else, he could probably shine and resurrect his career but unfortunately i just don't think it's in detroit and hopefully killian proves it wrong like hopefully killian hayes is one of those things where he leaves the pistons and then he starts balling out you know we've seen that we've kind of seen that story before um granted though it's really just killing it's really just chris middleton spencer dinwiddie second round picks and the pistons gave up quite early i feel like with killian hayes the pistons gave him as much of a chance as he could get and, you know, moving forward, I think, yeah, I just hope he goes on another team and does his thing. I mean, 
wishing the best, but I, I'm tired. I'm not like, as of right now, I think Kuhn is a miss, and I don't think it's worth it as fans to really expend energy on it anymore. It's just like it is what it is. Um, and it's one of Troy Weaver's misses. Like, let's call it as it is. It's one of Troy Weaver's misses as a GM in terms of draft picks. And the thing is, like, his drafting for Troy Weaver, he's had, I would say, the like. Like it's hard to give him credit for Kate Cunningham because everyone would have made that pick. Jaden Ivy, you can give him credit for, though that's just the way the board fell, kind of. And I feel like if you ask most people, Jaden Ivy was the pick. But I will give him like the Ivies, the Durans, the Asar Thompsons, the Kunhays. Those are really like and then obviously Stewart, Sadiq Bay, um, that type of stuff. Those guys, those are like truly his picks. And yeah, I guess yeah, Kuhn is a miss. I just wanted to get that off the chest. I just I just wanted to say that. I don't want to pretend anymore that he's something that he's not. But hopefully wishing the best for him. Hopefully Grant maybe Monty will put something into him and maybe he can be serviceable. But there's just way I just don't see any room for him getting there's just not much space for him. So I hope he I honestly hope for his career he finds a new team and a new uh, and explores a niche and finds his role in the NBA. So yeah, I want to say that. A couple things, too. Other things. Um, there's so much propaganda, I think, around Isaiah Lu- Isaiah Livers and Isaiah Stewart. And it's, to me, it's just a little bit too much. I think first starting off with Isaiah Livers, I think Livers is a solid player, but again, we're staying objective here, right? He hasn't played that much. He gets injured a lot. He gets injured a lot. I think the fact that he's playing in the summer league I think this would have been his third summer league team, but he's already kind of old. Let me look up Isaiah Livers' age. Isaiah Livers is is old, and then it's pretty old. Let me just look up his age. Or maybe he is young. I don't know. I think I thought he was a senior at Michigan. Uh, I'm just looking at his age. Okay, he's 24. Okay, he's not that old, but he's not okay. He's pretty. He's decently young. Not not terrible, but still though, right? It's just like. I actually have no problem with Isaiah Livers. I think he's a good player, but I don't know. I think when I hear stuff like, oh, he's a core part of this, he's a core part of this team, it's just like we haven't seen enough. Like I I hate this assumption. Like it's like keep on assuming that he's gonna be a great three point shooter when I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen him shoot it at the clip that you get told. You know, you get told that oh he's gonna be this great three and D and the shot just isn't there yet. I will say defensively, he's good. Like I enjoy him defensively. And he, like he does, he does hit his. I mean, he hits his threes, but it's again, it's just, it's just you're putting all these expectations on him to be this player, and like you just gotta let it play out. So like I'm, I'm like kind of, I'm like kind of decent like on Isaiah Livers. I think he's a solid player at Michigan. He was kind of the jack of all trades. He did everything, so it's kind of interesting to see him at the Pistons kind of conform to this kind of this one, the singular role, which is to hit threes and play good defense. And he's hit the threes at the somewhat respect respectable rate, but I think he is someone who we really need to see the shot is real next year. And I think I would hope that like we know we know by then. And then you also have to really consider the injury stuff. Like, you know, I'm a I'm a huge Kawhi Leonard fan, but I'm a, I don't know why I brought that up just because Kawhi gets injured so much. But and the thing is that sucks is no matter how good a player is when they're not when they're healthy. And I will still say like Kawhi Leonard is one of the best players in the world when he's healthy, but if the reality is if you can't stay healthy on the floor, then that's a problem. Whether you want to admit it or not, it is a problem. So I think for Isaiah Livers, I'm really just looking to see the shot go down. I want to see 
And I want to see him play. Like I, I just want to see him play. I just don't want to see him get injured as much. Um, so that was just the thing Isaiah Stewart livers. I just feel like this is way too much. This is like a lot of pressure for him. I just think like people got people got to like lower the expectation. And they really on Isaiah Stewart, you know, um, Isaiah Stewart. There's a lot of uh, people are very like hit or miss on Isaiah Stewart. So uh, today, like James Edwards the third, for example, is reported very highly of Isaiah Stewart. Um. And I have all the respect for James that for for James and the work he does at the Athletic. I think it's really good work he does. But he he is like kind of when I think of who's pushing Isaiah Isaiah Stewart propaganda, who's really like hyping him up. I think is I think James is a James is at the top of the list there. And I think Isaiah Stewart does some things really well. I think he defends quite well. He can he can move he can move really well. But again, it's just we're projecting we're projecting things that aren't there. And I guess that's the name of the game in terms of predicting predicting NBA players. And it's just a three point shot. Um I when initially when Beef Stu came into the league, I didn't like how people were just so quick to call him a bench center. I didn't like I didn't like how they call him. Like I thought Isaiah Stewart was uh I thought there was potential to be more. Now, to be honest, these past three years they initially were letting him shoot, and in the second year, stupidly, they didn't let him shoot. They just made him a five. I was like, you can't have Isaiah Stewart as your center, bro. Come on. Like, how is he going to guard Joel and be like, how is he going to guard people like so much taller than him? Like, he's physical, but come on. Then they try to go this year. They try to make him go back to four and shooting. And we'll see how it works. I think at the very end, the Pistons have a player who come playoff times. God forbid, whenever that happens, they have they have someone that can probably if he can shoot the ball, he can stay on the floor and make a huge impact, you know, and that's eventually what it comes down to. I think. I like Isaiah Stewart's shot. Like I think there is there is something there, but again, like the four year sixty four. I think that's I think that's also a decent. I think it's not like a terrible contract, but again, man, it's just pro- we're just projecting things that, as of right now, you have no evidence. There, there's a little bit of evidence of Stewart as a shooter. Um, his rookie year was really good. This year was kind of up and down. He had one year where one part was fifty, another was eleven, eleven fifty percent from three, another was eleven percent from three. So. There's a chance that he's in the he's just an average shooter, which I honestly think that's kind of where he is. And then you kind of have to see whether or not you want him to be the starting four, starting five. Because here's the thing: like the Pistons just don't have that much wiggle room in terms of players. Can they shoot? Can they not? Like you're already looking at Cade, who as much as I love Cade, he hasn't shot the ball well, so he's almost become. I wouldn't say like I'm saying liabilities in terms of what we've seen from the shooting so. But that logic, Kate is a liability. Jaden Ivey is going to be a liability. Our center, which is either going to be Duran, Wiseman, or Bagley. God, I don't know why we have so many centers. But their liabilities, the really only one is, I guess, if you have Bogdanovich starting, he's like the only one who's demonstrated, who's showed that he's able to shoot the ball. And if you really only have one shooter, then it's that's a problem. That's why it's like I'm a little bit concerned about how much they're like, putting weight because Isaiah Stewart making his threes really will matter if Cade and Jaden Ivey aren't making their shots and that's on both Cade and Jaden Ivey but it's also on Stewart right so it's like a lot of pressure there so yeah man this team is just so much projection it's just like it's just kind of like we'll wait and see to see how their shooting goes um and how they shoot will kind of define their roles I will say like for for beef stew I think this season's kind of he got his bag, so technically it's not like make or break because he got his extension. But for me, it's kind of make or break in the sense where I, I kind of just want to see like 
is this guy shoot because if he can shoot at a at a, like 37 38 and if you can go higher than that then you have like a start you have someone who's like put him in your starting lineup but if not then he kind of does have to get relegated to that bench center or you know coming he has to kind of go to the bench because the team just needs shooting they can't they they just need all they need a lot more shooting um so yeah so those are my takes on um that's how I feel about Stewart and then one final note, just like the Wiseman Bagley thing. Honestly, I I don't know. I I think James Wiseman's kind of interesting. You know, there's just there's he's, he's a complete project. Like there's just he's just not there. And I mean, I'm it's I see why the Pistons traded Sadiq Bay. They didn't want to pay him. Objectively, if you watch Sadiq Bay, he wasn't bad. I didn't. I felt also that the reporting on Sadiq Bay was just like. Oh my God, he's he was going. Look at him; he's training in the woods. He's gonna be so good. And then when he's actually struggling, it was silence. And then once he got traded, everyone's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, he was struggling so much." Like, yeah, I didn't like. And I don't know. That's just for me. I feel like he should be consistent. But Sadiq struggled. The Pistons didn't want to pay him. Like, I get trading him. I get it for someone like James Wiseman. Why not take another flyer? It's not like the flyers really have panned out. Although Marvin Bagley, I guess. Technically, I don't know. He's an NBA player who makes $13 million, which honestly, I mean, props to him. I mean, the eighth man, the seventh man on the Pistons on a 17-win team is making $13 million. So I guess everyone is getting, I mean, can't even get mad. It feels like everyone's just getting paid nowadays. But with James Wiseman, I think, I don't know, man. It's just like, there's just so there's just like there's a lot of there's a lot of things. I it's just not even things where it's just like he can score the ball, he can do that, but like it seems like he's just always missing on like rotations and obviously he's like it's learning. It's like something new, but it's like it's more like the X and O's types of stuff where it's like he's he really he really seems to struggle. And I they tried the Wiseman Bagley thing. Bagley still is Marvin Bagley. The defense hasn't changed, but he can score though. Which I guess is good, but yeah, I don't know. I just I just think one of them has to lead the team. Like I just I don't really see the space for any of them. And honestly, like I'm kind of sick of Troy Weaver's uh flyers on these centers. And they love they love to throw this out the that when if the Pistons had the first pick in the 2020 NBA draft, they would have selected J- James Wiseman. That's how high they were. And I'm just like, you should not be throwing that. Like if you want to be respectful to Troy Weaver's, do not throw that quote out. Like Come on, man. That would that would have not looked good for Troy Weaver's first move as the GM. Um, and I don't know. I these players really. I don't know how they pan out. I think you could keep Wiseman, I guess, because he's younger and cheaper. But I don't know what the return would be like. Bart Marvin Bagley, I guess, but that contract is still like it's kind of an asset. It's kind of or it's a it's kind of a liability um for the Pistons. So yeah, I honestly I think one of them just needs to go. Just, there's just no room for him. There's just no point in having three young centers, you know, like at least when they had Nerlens Noel or Jalil Okafor, it was kind of just agreed on that you were just kind of like, you know, you're just there, kind of like a backup center and, you know, know your role. Like if you get a backup veteran center as your third center, that's fine because, you know, they don't have the expectation that they're here to just mentor. But when you have three young centers in Duran, in Duran, uh, Bagley, Bagley, uh, Wiseman, you could put Isaiah Stewart, when you have those, then it's just like, come on man like all three of them are now competing and it's just like who are you really gonna put your if you're really putting into Duran, then why are you entertaining this wiseman bagley thing like like if it, if you really see the future as stewart and Duran, and that's what 
you're leading us to believe why is the Wiseman and Bagley why was that like a, I don't know it's just confusing why it's like there was so much effort to like look at them and scout them like you know what the Pistons should have been doing they should be getting some wings some wings that can shoot and Osar Thompson another player like we don't know if he can shoot yet so really I guess Joe Harris is like kind of going to be their wing which is it's kind of scary, but you know, it is, it is Joe Harris can shoot. So on that side, it is good, but yeah, guys, that basically wraps up this podcast. Um, at least for today's episode. Um, yeah. So like I said, moving forward, want to post more videos, um, about the Pistons or more and more podcasts about the Pistons. Granted, this is a pretty dead period. As far as NBA time goes, the Pistons do make a trade. Maybe, We'll get a podcast episode. Maybe we'll do like I'll do like a preview or something like that. Um, right now the plan is usually it's just gonna be me talking as far as um what the pods will go. But I'm looking to get some guests on. Um, there's a lot of people who have reached out and wanted to be on the podcast, so I hope to have them on. And if you're listening to this and you want to be on, just feel free to uh feel free to reach out. Um, I'm probably I'm gonna put like contact stuff in the uh, description of Spotify. Also. You can reach out to us on our social media platforms. I can check. I'll check those regularly or semi-regularly. And I don't know how often. Definitely not as much as before, but I'll still check it when I can um, to see if we can come on the pod and talk Pistons. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, those are mine. You know, I I it wasn't. I I feel like in my head these these were much more definitive than when I actually were was talking about it. Then there was like a lot more nuance and things than I expected there to be. But um. Yeah, I mean, I had a fun time talking with y'all and yeah, be on the lookout for future episodes and I'll see you on the next one. Peace.